Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, August 7th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I gotta be honest, I'm not quite sure what to talk about first, gold or silver. Both had pretty amazing weeks. It's really been an express elevator ride up for the most part. So let's start with gold. This time last week, I was talking about gold breaking its all-time price record of just over $1,900 an ounce. Well, it didn't take long for the yellow metal to hit another significant milestone. Gold pushed above $2,000 an ounce for the first time ever on Tuesday. The spot price broke through $2,000 a little before noon and then immediately sold off over the next 10 or 15 minutes. There were obviously some pretty big sell orders set at $2,000. In a tweet, Peter Schiff said, you know the gold bull has a long way to run when the first reaction traders have to gold finally breaking above $2,000 is to sell. But that sell-off didn't last very long. There were apparently plenty of buyers out there. Gold fell to about 1995 and then drove back above 2000 over the next hour or so. Gold closed at over 2017 an ounce on Tuesday. Gold didn't even really take much of a pause once it hit 2K. It kept pushing up through the week. Yesterday, the spot price went as high as 2072 an ounce, so, you know, kind of knocking on the door of 2100. We've seen a little bit of a pullback this morning on a bit of a dollar rally. As I'm recording this, gold is trading at around 2053 an ounce. Now, the dollar got a boost on some geopolitical tensions, particularly between the U.S. and China. But, you know, really in the long run, geopolitical tensions aren't exactly bad news for gold. They drive safe haven demand, and honestly, the dynamics for the dollar, this little rally notwithstanding, aren't good. I'm going to get into that here in just a few minutes. Regardless, gold is on track to continue its longest stretch of weekly gains since 2006. The yellow metal is up better than 35% on the year, and keep in mind it was up over 18% last year. Of course, the year still has a long way to go, but we're on track for the biggest yearly gains in four decades. So, what about silver? Well, it's been on an even crazier ride than gold. Yesterday morning, silver broke above $28 an ounce. I wrote an article about it, I blinked, and it was over $29 an ounce. And overnight, it knocked on the door of $30 an ounce, pushing as high as $29.85. But then it sold off with gold. In fact, it sold off quite a bit more. Right now, spot silver is trading at about $28.06 an ounce. But get a load of this. Over the last 30 days, silver is up over 50%. In the last year, it's up over 65%. And silver is up well over 100% since it bottomed in March. The crazy thing is, even with these big gains, silver is still undervalued compared to gold. Even as gold has broken records and is now trading well over its 2011 record high of just over $1,900 an ounce, silver is still more than $20 below its all-time record. In fact, silver has a double top at just below $50 an ounce. It first got to that level in 1980 and then again in 2011. I think $50 an ounce is your real resistance level. Once it breaches that, I think it's really going to break out. The silver-gold ratio is still over 72 to 1. That means it takes 72 ounces of silver to buy an ounce of gold. That ratio has closed significantly over the last couple of months. It was at record levels of over 100 to 1 back in March. If you bought some silver then, 
you're feeling pretty darn good about that right now. But 72 to 1 is still a historically wide spread. And as I've said repeatedly on this podcast, that's telling you that either silver is undervalued or gold is overvalued. Historically, in the modern era, the silver-gold ratio has typically ranged between 40 and 60 to 1. Now, I don't think looking at the economic dynamics and what the Fed is doing right now, printing trillions of dollars out of thin air, I don't think it's easy to make the case that gold is overvalued. That's a pretty tough sell. That means silver is still undervalued and it still has some catching up to do. And don't forget, historically, silver has outperformed gold in a gold bull market. I mean, we've seen this playing out over the last couple of months. I think even at $30 an ounce, silver is still a effectively on sale. If you like gold, you have to love silver. Now, keep in mind, silver is a lot more volatile than gold. We're seeing that this morning. A lot of silver demand comes from its industrial uses. You could argue that the economic impacts of the pandemic will put the squeeze on silver demand and keep prices lower. But interestingly, a lot of analysts project increasing industrial demand, particularly in the solar energy sector. Even if the global economy is slow to recover, silver may get a boost from government stimulus as various programs funnel money into quote-unquote green energy projects. We're already seeing this going on in Europe. And on the supply side, silver mine output has dropped three straight years. It will almost certainly fall again this year. A lot of mines had to shut down due to coronavirus. So all in all, the supply-demand dynamics look good for silver too. And keep in mind, at its core, silver is still a monetary metal, and it tends to track relatively consistently with gold over time. So we've seen this big run up in both gold and silver. I'll be honest, I expected more hiccups along the way. I figured once gold broke its record, it would trade sideways for a while before it challenged the $2,000 resistance level. But it just cut right through 2K like a hot knife through butter. And we're already up against $2,100 resistance. You have to think there will be a correction at some point. I mean, we may be seeing that this morning. But the real question is, can this bull market keep running over the long term? Now, some people don't think so. On his podcast this week, Peter mentioned a CNBC pundit who said breaking through $2,000 was no big deal, and gold is going to sell off as soon as real interest rates go positive. That makes sense in the abstract, right? Gold is a non-yielding asset, so it makes sense that demand and thus the price would drop if real rates went positive. Just to be clear, when I talk about real interest rates, I mean the interest rate minus inflation. So right now, rates are effectively at zero. When you factor in inflation, they're well below zero. So this CNBC talking head is poo-pooing gold because when real interest rates go positive, the price is going to fall. Okay, fine. You know, again, good analysis in the abstract. But when in the heck is that ever going to happen? I mean, there is literally nothing to make anybody believe interest rates are about to go up. Jerome Powell has told us that the Fed isn't even thinking about thinking about raising interest rates. And inflation, does anybody actually believe inflation is going to stay low? Actually, can you come to think of it, a lot of people do believe that because they look at the consumer price index and call that inflation. And CPI has been muted for ages. But CPI is not a good measure of inflation. In fact, it's not even really a good measure of price inflation. There are better measures, and, and I can make the argument that prices are rising currently. 
But regardless, we have inflation. We have unprecedented levels of inflation. The money supply is growing at record levels every month. The last time we saw the money supply go up anywhere near this fast was back in the 1970s. And you know what we had back in the 1970s? big price inflation. Now, CPI tells us we don't really have much in the way of price inflation right now, but there is no question that we have actual inflation. Never forget, money printing is inflation. It just hasn't manifested in the CPI, but I'm going to be shocked if at some point in the near future it doesn't. And here's the crazy thing. The Fed is about to make rising prices an official policy. According to a recent CNBC report, the Federal Reserve is set to, and this is straight from the headline, make a major commitment to, quote, ramping up inflation. According to the report, the Fed will pivot to, quote, average inflation targeting with this strategy, quote, inflation above the central bank's usual 2% target would be tolerated and even desired, end quote. So practically speaking, the Federal Reserve would not raise interest rates until both its employment and inflation targets are met, meaning the central bank would likely keep interest rates at zero for years. We haven't seen those two targets met. I can't remember when. The central bankers have actually been hinting at this for quite some time, using the term symmetrical inflation target in FOMC statements and during press conferences. This started about the time the Fed started cutting interest rates last year. Remember that before the pandemic? Peter talked about this last December. What it really means is that the Fed is going to allow inflation to go above what used to be a hard 2% target to kind of make up for it being below the target uh, for so many months before. So, you know, symmetrical if it was, if it was uh, you know, just 1% earlier, then it can be 3% for a while to make things symmetrical. The Fed is currently completing a year-long policy review, and it's expected to announce the results within the next few months and thus codify uh, what it's really been doing for a long time into its official policy. So let's be completely clear about what's going on here. In effect, the central bank is about to make pushing up inflation its official policy. Pause for a sec and think about what that actually means. It means the official policy of the central bank is to steal your savings. It's to rob you of your purchasing power. It's to raise the cost of living. It's to make your money worth less. And this is on purpose. I mean, when you look at it for what it really is, it's absolutely nuts, right? But this is the ugly truth. The Federal Reserve cannot raise interest rates. It's impossible. It couldn't even raise interest rates in 2018. Remember that? I keep saying this over and over and over again because it's a crucial point to grasp. The Fed was doing extraordinary monetary policy before the coronavirus pandemic. It was cutting interest rates. It was doing quantitative easing. We were seeing the impacts of what the fundamental rot in the economy. We've, we were seeing that before the pandemic. 
It never could normalize rates after the 2008 crisis. It never could really shrink its balance sheet. It tried and it failed. And we have way more debt today than we did then. The bubbles are way bigger. So the Fed needs to create a policy that will justify holding rates down even if inflation runs hot. Because they know that even the hint of a rate hike would crash the stock market and likely take the entire economy down with it. Again, you simply cannot raise interest rates when the entire economy is built on a giant pile of debt. Of course, at some point, this little inflation campfire the Fed wants to start is going to get out of control, and we're going to have a massive forest fire. That's when things are going to get really ugly. Last week, I talked about the fact that the price of gold and silver, and really the stock market too, these are all signs of currency debasement. It's not so much that gold is getting more expensive, it's that the dollar is getting weaker. Now, I'm not going to belabor that point. I'll Uh, I'll post an article on the show notes page that talks about currency debasement. But if you didn't catch last week's show, make sure that you do. So this brings us back to our CNBC pundit. Gold's just going to sell off when real rates go positive. Again, good theoretical analysis. Not going to happen in the real world. The Fed is not going to let it happen. The central bankers are going to do everything in their power to keep interest rates below the level of inflation indefinitely. So you think $2,000 gold is expensive? No. In this environment, I think it's still pretty darn cheap. If you want to get into gold and silver while the getting is still good, talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today. They can help you figure out how precious metals will fit into your portfolio based on your personal investment goals and objectives. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160 or you can shoot them an email at info at shiftgold.com. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com slash news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap podcast over at iTunes, on Stitcher, or on Google Play. We're on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You can subscribe there. You'll find links for all of these things over on the show notes page. As always, I appreciate you listening to the show, and I'll talk to you again next week.